Thank you, Brother Jerron, and the musician, the praise team. Excellent job today. Amen, amen. I got to praise, I got to praise. And I've got to get it out. Amen, amen. Oh, thank you, Father. Well, bless the Lord. Father God, we thank you so much for your loving kindness and tender mercy. Thank you for this time to stand behind this sacred desk and share the word of God. We ask for your inspiration, your anointing upon us as we make ourselves available to be used by you as we share the word of the Lord. You said in your word that the word that is sent out by you, it will not return void, but it will accomplish those things in which you sent it out for. So we stand on that now and we praise you. We bless you for victory now. We don't know who we are, who we are preaching to, but somebody need a word from the Lord. And so, God, we make ourselves available to do that. So we ask that you would bless us and keep us. Now let the words of our mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I feel good. What about you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Take your Bibles, if you would, and your phone, whatever, your iPad, uh, whatever you're using. Turn to Psalms 27. Said uh, Elder Brown blessed us real good on this morning. We believe God has a word for us on this evening. I know this after, well, this still morning. Psalm 27, we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. And we'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14. Wait on the Lord. And be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. One of the hardest things there is in this life is waiting on God. We as born-again believers, we understand God has a will and a purpose for our lives. We understand that God answers prayer. But to practice that principle in our everyday life sometimes can be very difficult. Understanding that God, what God can do and waiting on him to do it is two different things. A little boy was in uh, Sunday on his uh, children's church ministry, and they were talking about prayer requests. And he wrote a prayer request, and it goes like this. Dear God, how out there? 
I, I have one request, and I think that nine-year-olds should have more privileges. I'm tired of hearing my parents say, wait until you're 10. And he signed it, George, nine years old. He didn't want to wait. He didn't want to wait until 10 because he, every time he'd ask his parents for something, they said, wait until you're 10. Some of us have been there, you know, with our parents, wait until you're 10, wait until, well, no, we, I'm tired of waiting, I want it now. We live in a society where nobody really want to wait. We want it, it's a microwave society, we want it, and we want it yesterday. There's such thing they used to talk about is delayed gratification. Nobody wants delayed gratification. I want it right now. They used to have, when uh, oh, my wife and I got, first got married, they had what they call layaway. Y'all ever heard of that? You lay away, you, you see something you want, you put it in the layaway, and you pay on it until once you finish paying for it, once you go and get it, you don't owe on it. Well, the merchants discovered that something wrong with that thing because we're not making much money, so let's get the credit card going where well, you can get it now and use it and pay for it later. Well, sometimes that can get you in trouble. So, but, but with God, we can't hurry God. God has delayed gratification. Now, one man said, one preacher said, that everything that God has for us, he's already made available for us. But we're not really waiting for God to decide what he's going to give us but what we, we, we're waiting, God is waiting and getting us in shape to receive what he has for us. Because sometimes God's got some things for us and we just ain't ready for them. You know, just, you know you, a kid come up to you, a 10-year-old kid, and says, Dad, I want a car. You may be a millionaire. But you're not going to give no 10-year-old no car. That's just almost like giving them a gun, tell them to pull the trigger and blow your head off. But sometimes God has things for us, but they're not for us now. Waiting is never easy, but waiting on God is always the best thing. You remember in the Bible, uh, Abraham, God promised Abraham when he was 75 that he would give him, make him a father, give him offspring. They didn't have children. It's 75. He had to wait 24 years before he had his first child before God fulfilled that promise. But now, and in waiting sometime, if we're not careful, we will get ahead of God. And the enemy will cause us to get something second to what God wants us to have. So uh, uh, Sarah looked at, uh, when, when God gave the promise and Abraham told him what God said, and she, she laughed. But she, after a while, she said, well, you know what? We better help, help God out because we don't want God, want the promise to be fulfilled. So you go in there to Haggai and raise a son up, which was a custom in that day, and then raise a son up, and then we'll use him. But God says, no, I'm not, I don't want uh, Ishmael. I want Isaac. So waiting on God sometimes can get us in trouble if we don't know exactly what God is doing in our lives. Moses waited for 80 years before God used him 
to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he got in a hurry too. He started killing the Egyptians. And God said, no, 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 it ain't your time yet. So he sit on the backside of the desert for 40 years until God got ready to use him. So we're going to see now, in waiting on God, you can't lose courage, but you've got to believe that God will do exactly what he says he's going to do. Now, there's another person that we, we look at in, in the Bible. Joseph. Joseph. God had a plan for Joseph, and Joseph waited for many years. Three years he waited in prison before God put him where he wanted him to be. Now, I don't know how long you've been waiting, but we've got to learn. Now, and that's why I say uh, learn, learning to wait on God is something you have to learn to do. It's not intrinsically in our nature. Little babies come, and, you, you, and, and when they, even little babies, they want it now. They want stuff right now. They just, well, wait a minute. And you, you, if you, you, you're waiting on one child, another child wants something. Wait a minute. They start crying because I want it now. It's intrinsically in our nature to get stuff right now, especially in the society in which we live in. David, uh, and Ella Jones talks, I mean, Ella Jeff talks about David. David was a shepherd boy. And he was anointed king over Israel for a fifth, uh, when he was 15 years old. But it took him, he was in his 30s before he took the throne. But he had to wait on God. You can't, you, you can't rush it, you got to wait on God. Now Jesus Christ waited 30 years to start his three-year ministry. Over 43 times in the Old Testament, God commands people to wait on him. You know why? Because he knows that you've got to learn to wait on him. It just doesn't happen, but you've got to learn to wait on the Lord. It is said that the average person waits about 40, 40 45 to 62 minutes a day. But uh, evidently when they did this survey, they weren't running on the 60 going west or the 10 going west early in the morning or coming back east in the evening. Evidently those people they surveyed, they didn't run those freeways. But that's and about 40, that's 4.2% of your, our lives we spend waiting. And, and, I, and Ole and I commuted from Altaloma to, excuse me, to L.A., for, for a few years, and I'm going to tell you, we waited more than 45 minutes. But you got to get your mindset to go there, do that. So anyway, so, so David understood that it, what it means to wait on God. So God says now, I want you to wait. Now in Psalm 27, it was written by David, the king. A young man was, actually he was old at this time was written by an old man, and David said, I once was young, but now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. This wasn't a novice, but he had been through something with God, but he knew there's value in waiting on God. Don't get in no hurry. Wait, wait. And I'll say again, it's, just, it's not an easy process. But it's the best thing in the world to do is to wait on God. 
And it says in, in, uh, in, uh, in the 26th chapter, I mean the 26th chapter of Psalms, verses 11, 12, David said, I stand in the presence of God. When you're waiting on God, you have to stand. Know that you're in the perfect will of God. You're standing in the presence of God. So he says in verse number six, number 11, he says, but as for me, I will not walk in my, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. What he's saying is that even though I'm waiting on God, I'm not going to compromise my integrity. Sometimes the devil, when you're waiting on God, the devil try to get you to compromise your integrity. Well, you know, uh, you ought to well, go and take that shortcut. Take, uh, you know, God didn't promise you, uh, uh, let me just use this for like a, God didn't promise you uh, 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 Mercedes, but then the devil, you waiting on that Mercedes and waiting and waiting, you wrote the check out and put it on the side. Now, don't, you don't give no bouncing check. But you wrote a check out, put it on the side, you done picked the car out, and God, and God has confirmed, I'm going to give you that Mercedes. And you wait and wait, and then, but the devil had you driving by the Volkswagen place. Looking at the Volkswagen, say, you know what, well, maybe God ain't going to do that Mercedes. At least I got a new Volkswagen. So you compromise getting less than what God have for you. But God wants us to learn how to wait on him. So David said, I'm not going to compromise my integrity. He said, redeem me, be merciful unto me. When, I'm, when I've been challenged to compromise my integrity, I want you to redeem me. I want you to bring me back. I want you to be merciful unto me and help me. And sometimes, if God, you don't get what God promised you, God will give you a little bit of, uh, just a little confirmation. Like Pastor was talking about Gideon. God told Gideon, say, I'm going to use you to destroy the Midianites. But Gideon had a problem. He says, I don't know. He says, I'm the least of all of the brethren. But God said, go down, told him to go down there in the camp and hear what the Midianites are saying. So sometimes God will give you a confirmation and let you hear what somebody else is saying about the promise that God has promised you to confirm you and to build you up and so you'll keep waiting on him. Then he says in verse 12, my foot stand in an even place. See, when you're waiting on God, you can't be shaken. You can't be wopsided. The Bible says that a double-minded person receives nothing from the God, from the Lord. If the Lord gives you a promise, I don't care what nobody says. You stand on that promise, but God keeps all of his promise. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Have not he said it? Shall not he do it? Have not he spoken it? Shall not he bring it to pass? Somebody ought to give God some praise in the house of God. So David said, my, uh, my foot, is, I'm in an even place. And he said, now, even in the congregation, I will bless the Lord. While I'm waiting on God, I can't be mumbling and grumbling and complaining, but I got to praise God in the congregation of the Lord. I've got to say what I want and not what I have, because what I have is not what I want. Somebody ought to give God some praise right there. <laughs> learning, learning to 
to wait on the Lord. So he says, now, in, in, in chapter 27, David gives us three things that we need to do while we're waiting on the Lord. The first thing he, he gives us, remind yourself of your privilege as a child of God. The second thing is, he says, we need to express his confidence in God. We need to express our confidence in God. And the third thing he says, you have to believe that God will do what you are believing God for. And, and let's look at those. Let's look at those. Remind yourself of the privilege, privilege that you have as a child of God. Do you not know because you're a child of God, you've got privileges, you've got rights? It's just like being in the United States. Being a citizen of the United States, you've got some privileges, you've got some rights. And if you don't know what your privileges or rights are, somebody else will come along and try to take them from you. Not because they aren't yours, but because you don't know the rights that you have. As a child of God, I've got rights, I've got privileges, and I've got authority because I'm a child of God. It ain't about me, but it's about God at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he says here now, in verse 1, he says, The Lord is my light and my deliverer. God is. God is. He's mine. He's mine. God, right now, even though I'm going through, God is my light and he's my salvation. I have no need to walk in darkness because God is my light. I have no need to be bound up because God is my deliverer. God delivers me from bondage. I have no need to walk, be confused because God is my deliverer. He said, when my haters come up against me, and sometimes we all got some haters. Now somebody said, my, I heard my son said, I don't know if he coined it. He said, the more you hate, the more I so while you're waiting on God, you got some haters. There's some people will tell you, will get jealous of you, tell you, child, you trying to get too much. You, you trying to do too much. God ain't going to do that for you. But see, you got to know that you do know that God is on your side. So when the haters said, when my enemy and my foe came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and failed. Doing host should encamp against me. My heart's not going to fear. Because the God that I serve, he's greater than anybody. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I got to move on. Then he said, remember, now we need to remember that you have privileges of living your life in the presence and purpose of God. I've got the right to live the way God wants me to live. I've got the privilege to live in the purpose and the plan of God. It's, I don't care what nobody said. I'm going to use the stuff that God gave me. I may not be able to sing like you. I may not have a job like you. But the God that I serve, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask, according to the power that worketh in us. Somebody ought to give God some praise right there. So he says now, and, and then he said now, when trouble, you got to remind yourself when trouble comes. Now trouble's going to come. 
It's inevitable that trouble will come your way. Somebody said, trouble in my way, I have to cry sometimes. I lay awake at night, but that's all right. But I know Jesus, Jesus is going to fix it all right. In Psalm 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my shield. He is my buckler. He is my strong tower. Learning to wait on God. Mm, Lord Jesus. See, when you wait on God, you don't have to worry. See, uh, 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 let me just, I missed one. The haters sometimes will come up against you and raise up a standard against you. But in, in Isaiah 54, 17, it says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn it in the day of judgment. In Isaiah 43 and 2, the Lord said, when you pass through the waters, they won't overpower you. When you go through the rivers, they won't overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire. So you, you've got to take your time with God. Now, it looks like God would say, run through the fire. But he says, no, walk, walk through it. Because you know the shield of God is around you. So when you're walking through the fire, the fire won't burn you. And when you come out, you won't even smell, have the smell of smoke upon you. Now, and number two, let me, let me, get, let me get ready. I got to get and Number two, he says, now, you need, to express, you need to express your confidence in God. Your trust in God. Don't, you don't worry. You trust God. Trust God. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all of thy ways, acknowledge him. And he, and he, direct your path. And every shell that God has has got to go off. So he says that you express your confidence in God. And 1 John 5, 14, 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he heareth us whatsoever we ask of him. And since we know he hears us, we already have it. Mm, Lord Jesus. Already have the petition that he has promised us. Somebody asked you, say, you said God promised you a house. Say, well, where's the house? Say, I don't have it, but you don't close that statement. You leave a comma there, say, I don't have it yet. Mm, Lord Jesus. Or you say, God promised to heal your body. You say, yes, but I'm not healed that God promised to give me a, a new job. I don't have that new job yet. God promised to, to save all of my family, but I don't have it yet. Everything that God has promised us, you can't leave a comma, but always, well, not a period, but always leave a yet. There is a yet. I'm, I'm, oh, where, oh thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. I, I got to move forward. I got to close out. Then, then, and the last thing the psalmist says here, you have to believe that what God, what God will do, to believe that God will do what you've asked him to do. He said, there's no sense in asking God to do something if you don't believe that he's going to do it. In Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verse 6 says, we have need yeah, we have need of patience that after we've done the will of God, we might receive the promise. So Psalm 40, the psalmist says, and I'm closing, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me out of my fears. He picked me up out of the marry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And somebody said, who is that rock? Said, that rock is Jesus. He is the only one. That rock is Jesus. He's God's son. And he said, the songwriter says, you can't hurry God. You've got to wait and trust him and give him time. No matter how long it takes. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Somebody said God's wait until the 11th hour, but our time is not God's time. But God is always on time. He's never late. So learning to, to, learning to wait on the Lord. In Hebrews, I'm closing with this one. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Don't cast away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after, after, look at somebody say after, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now the just shall live by faith. I receive it by faith. Everybody standing. I receive it by faith. I don't care what, what it looks like. But my faith says that God will do exactly what he said he's going to do. Some of you have been waiting for a long time. But God said, don't give up. A quitter never win. Winner never quit. Just keep believing, keep believing, keep believing. And when you least expect it, God says, I'm going to show up, show up. And Elder Brown said this morning, and when, once he show up, then he's going to show out. How many of you want God to show out? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. There's somebody here this morning. You've had a petition before God for a long time. You believe, you confess, and look like it has not, it hasn't happened, look, it's not going to happen. But God says, you can hold on to the horns of the altar. After a while, shallow is going to come. God said, I'm releasing in your body now Jehovah Raphael. 
and your body is responding to the healing power of Jesus. But just wait on me, wait on me. And while you're waiting, you keep praising me. And others may have other requests that you've been had before the Lord, but don't comp compromise your integrity. You wait until God does it. Amen. Is there anyone here today, before I pray, that doesn't look, know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Is there someone, anyone here, that's been praying for somebody in your family that's lost? I want you to raise your hand. That's lost, that don't know Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. And you've been praying and you're almost to stop, but don't, don't stop praying. God said, I'm gonna, it's, it's going to happen for you real soon. You, you're just on the verge of a breakthrough. And sometimes we quit too soon. All we need, God says, I'm giving you today is just a little bit of nudge, a little shell to keep holding that person up to the Lord. Let's pray, Father God. We thank you so much. For these your people, we thank you that your hand is upon them. That you're confirming in their lives that you've given them promises of healing or whatever that promise is and of salvation for thy loved ones. Oh, hallelujah. You said you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent us so we lay hold upon that now we see them now in our spirit born again wash in the blood of Jesus we see our bodies healed now we see it in our spirit we see our bodies healed see our children walking in the anointing of God we see it we see it we see it we see it now we embrace what we see that we might give you glory, praise, and honor. So bless us and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Come on, give God a hand, pray. Amen, amen. Don't